Welcome to Box Out Banter, where we uh, took a couple of weeks off, but uh, there's still a lot to talk about. But what's going on, Jordan? Uh, it is definitely the off season for our pod because we've had a few few week periods. <laughs> we've had a few few week periods. Well, but, uh, I mean, it's not as it's not as pressing and like you know life's busy. My yeah. daughter started school this week. Congrats She's been crazy. Congrats again, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> It's always, I know it's always a special occasion when, uh, you know, dads have their first day of school for their kids. So I'm always happy to see my friends happy. Yeah, it's been a, it's been very exciting. So fun fact, and if we figure that today, um, we figured, well, we figured this out today that, uh, so my daughter, uh, made very quick friends with a little girl in kindergarten. And so they've been kind of inseparable, like they're, they're walking out of school, holding hands every day. So it's very cute. So of course, uh, me and my wife got to know their her little girl's parents. So we were talking today, and uh, <clears throat> I was wearing my Laker gear today, and, and he was like, "Oh, you're a Laker fan." So we were talking Lakers and talking basketball, as you do. And uh, he brought up casually that his wife works for uh, Uninter- Uninterrupted, the LeBron James production company. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, 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 wow. <laughs> so. Uh... Your daughter's already better at cultivating sources than you were starting out at the right? industry. Right? Absolutely. I was like, I was like Samantha, you make friends. You keep this little girl as, a, as one of your best friends forever. <laughs> you could, uh, you know, ask how LeBron's uh, high ankle sprain is doing. It seems like he's doing well. Uh, posting some washed king memes today. Or hashtag washed king today. Uh, with the, uh, I don't know if you saw that. Um, but, uh. I guess there was that annual executive poll or whatever, uh, yeah. asking who the best player in the world was. And, of course, nobody voted for LeBron. And then LeBron took offense to it. And then there was it, – it. it's funny because sometimes you can go down stupid Twitter rabbit holes and stuff. And, like, just to see, like, Laker fans get mad at the uh, – won the poll and then – people get mad at the reaction to the poll where people are like, Oh, yeah. is LeBron doing this again? And then they're like, wait, I have, what? I have no, the only issue that I have is that LeBron didn't get a single vote to me. At least one person's got to think LeBron's still the best player in the world. But, yeah, but if he, <clears> if <throat> I understand he, it, yeah, but I, I also like, understand, like, I also understand, like, look, like Michael Jordan, like got mad at the dumbest things to yeah. self-motivate himself when you're like that great of a player um i do i do get i do get both sides of it i know that's boring like it's like okay lebron like nobody like it's like the like i think twitter's like 90 percent straw man arguments and i think lebron's app operates like that sometimes where it's like it's a straw man thing but i also get like when you're that great you need any little motivation you could get because LeBron's done everything at this point in his career. And it's like, okay, well, you think I'm washed? Um, all right then. But I do think the washed king is a little corny because LeBron is a uh, kind of historically corny. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. He's a great player. I love watching him play and stuff. Um, but I, I, I guess I get both sides of it, but it was just entertaining to see uh, none, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'm, I'm, I like it when players you like. I 
Kobe did this, Jordan did this. Like I like the small little just things that motivate you. Amnesty like, that might be my favorite tweet from a basketball player. Yes, ever. <laughs> absolutely. Like I just love I love I love that kind of stuff. And so yeah. LeBron 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 being really honest and this is what I've noticed since he's been a Laker, he's gotten to, and and since we when, since we won that championship, he's been very open. Like this is the most open and honest that we've seen LeBron. Because yeah. I think he's hit a point in his career where he's like, I don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah, when you uh, when you've reached that pinnacle, like, and also he's like he's gonna be thirty seven, like, the filter kind of goes away a little bit, and the yeah. uh, the guardedness goes away. Um, but uh, you know, whatever you need to motivate yourself, that's why he is at that. That is why he is at that level. Um, you know, and uh, it kind of uh, I guess we should. I want it. I want to transition to the other hot Twitter topic really quick because I have a take that I want to get off, get off my chest. Um, the uh, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green stuff, speaking of great players who have reached pinnacles and are kind of like at the not give a shit shit stage. Um, yeah, I want to get I want to get your thoughts first. So what did you did you see the whole interview or did you just see that three minute clip about the? Uh, no, I saw the whole I saw the whole interview. Yeah, I watched the whole. I watched the whole interview this morning. What were your thoughts on it? I liked again. I like when players are really honest with each other and like really, really honest on what they're, you know, on what the topics are, and they're not holding anything back. Like that's why I love. I love just having two players sit and talk. Like the, um, like shoot the all shit. of this, just shoot the shit and like I do like kind that. of talking about like the Shaq Kobe mm-hmm. stuff is great. The Magic Isaiah one, um, the uh, uh, D Wade and. The D-Wade and uh, Kevin Garnett one? Yeah, that one was great. Um, they did another one, the Grant Hill and J-Kid. Was it J-Kid? Uh, I don't remember that one. I probably – I haven't seen that one. Yeah, but, like, I love all these just sit-downs. And Kevin so Garnett – having... sorry, not to interrupt you, but Kevin Garnett on the Bill Simmons podcast, he even admitted, like, before that Dwayne Wade interview, like, the Celtics and the Heat don't fuck with each other. Yeah, and he was like, "I even told D Wade before this, like, you know, this, I still don't fuck with you, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much." D Wade was like, "Hey, I understand," and they did the, and then I watched that interview again after that podcast, and I was like, "Oh, I can see it now." Like Kevin Garnett just really doesn't fuck with the Heat. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, go ahead. No, and I just love, I love all that stuff, and like when you have guys like Draymond and KD who are not controversial figures, but they have, they, there's stuff about them that like, they speak their mind. That, they that's speak, what they, makes them they, controversial. They speak their mind, but at the same time, there's, they speak their mind, but there's still stuff that we don't have full context for. So being able to get full context, I think is like great. Like the thing that I love that obviously the clip that went around was the stuff about the argument and that, you know, three minute video of them, of them talking about the argument. Big and like just having from both me, of them. me, me, just, me just having the, <laughs> the extra context, some of it and like you know being able to to listen to some stuff is like uh, to me more information is always fun to fun to have right yeah um i i well that was the thing so that three minute clip of course everybody you know was i so like i woke up yesterday and i uh you know saw the uh i saw that clip first but i didn't even like retweet it because i honestly 
I I retweeted a Colin Cowherd like video segment that he did on Tim Tebow yeah. about how he can't, and I thought that was more interesting. So I retweeted that first, and I was like, should I have retweeted the Kevin Durant Draymond Green one first? And I was like, no, because I didn't find it that interesting. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I guess let me let me explain where I'm coming from with this. Like, I guess it's well, one Draymond Green and Bob Myers were on Woj's pod like two years ago talking about this, and the tone was like completely opposite like Draymond's like story and tone was like completely opposite of what was said in this video. And, you know, it it might be, he might've, he might've really felt that way now. Like he might, how he felt now might've been how he felt back then. And he just didn't say anything or whatever. Fine. But also like, I heard them talk about it on Kevin Durant's podcast. He has a podcast with, uh, yet with his own uh, media company that he does with uh, Eddie Gonzalez and he had they had Draymond on and they talked about it so I guess I kind of heard this story before but in this particular interview Draymond just added like a few um a few more anecdotes with a few cuss words and stuff but like I guess what I'm saying is like that part wasn't that interesting to me there was more interesting stuff in that interview like talking about like you know, the players, the players that Kevin Durant has played with, with the chip on their shoulder or just how Kevin Durant feels that the game is so easy to him now, which is, you know, more that was more interesting to me because he does make the game look so damn easy. Like, yeah, it's, it's insane how good he is. And like, so I forget who was discussing this. Like, I would still take Jordan and Kobe ahead of him as like a scorer, but they don't make it look as easy as KD makes it look. I would say like K- I would take KD over Kobe as oh, a pure scorer. Like that's just... no, no. I I told I I see. I, I'm not arguing for or against Jordan yeah. or Kobe. like I'm not. I'm just saying like in terms of the way they make it look, Jordan and Kobe like it doesn't. KD it looks so it looks like he's not even trying out there. Yeah, like, like just just from a pure like when you're watching him, you're like, is he even pushing himself that hard? Like Drew Holiday was on JJ Reddick's podcast and he was talking about the same thing and he was just like he was talking about how he was how when the Bucks were playing the Nets in that series and Drew was like is he even like it looks like he's doing cone drills out there <laughs> like just shooting over people and stuff but like as far as that argument went that segment about the Clippers argument like it it just made me think like you two are grown ass men. Like you couldn't have just hashed it out any, like you needed Bob Myers and Steve Kerr to like facilitate like an environment to where the team could, like you guys could have do like a a team meeting by yourselves or something like, it just seemed like they were, they were, they, it just seemed like they were blaming everybody else, but themselves. And it was like, like oh the reason kevin durant left was because bob and steve fucked it up or after the argument or whatever it's like no like everybody thought you were leaving anyway draymond probably got pissed because nobody knew what kevin durant was going to do and it was a big distraction and then boiled over like it was all reported and stuff and you guys had an argument and you guys didn't hash it out like do i think steve and bob aren't faultless in this no but i think the two people who had the argument should be the ones who hold themselves accountable. I get, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, like right? you're, They're all you're, cool you're and bo- stuff, right? It's but, like, well, it's like, it's like saying like, Oh, I got into a fight at school, but the teacher won't 
make him apologize. So we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah, like, well, like, bro, just talk to, like, talk. He's right here. He's and still look, I, with I him. get, I get Draymond totally because I'd be like that too. Like, if someone told me to, like, hey, you need to apologize because I had this exact same situation in high school, actually. And <laughs> we almost, talked about this. Yeah, and I almost got in a fight because of it. Like, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. was like, you need. Uh, they were like, hey, you were talking about me. You need to apologize. And I was like no fuck you and i just walked away like if somebody tells a human another human being like demanding an apology nine times out of ten you're probably going to get pushed back like okay i'm just not going to do it then like i get where draymond is coming from but it just seemed like <laughs> it just seemed like they were blaming bob and steve for the argument they had that led to the breakup i don't know i just didn't find it that interesting i guess yeah like it's it's just a kind of thing of like okay Draymond, you're saying that like you and KD could work this out and that Bob and Kerr don't need to get involved. That's fine. So why didn't you do that? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and also like everybody on that team is grown ass men. Like teams are known to have team only meetings, like at the drop of a hat or whatever. Like if you thought that that what you guys are the two leaders of the team, one of the two leaders on the team. Like if you thought that that was something that needed to be hashed out, like you said in that segment, then hash it out like you don't need like i'm sure the coach would understand i'm sure kerr would understand of all people because he's been in those heated locker rooms with pop especially michael jordan and shit like that like if something organically happened just you know call a team meeting if you feel that way like i i thought the rest i thought there were other parts of that interview that were just infinitely more interesting because i think the argument also has just been plowed over like so many times and of course like that part, that part, uh, I mean, as a social media manager, I'm sure you understand why Bleacher Report only clipped that segment out to preview oh, yeah. what was coming out. Like that was going to be 100%. The, that was going to be the sound bite that everybody was going to be like, oh, I have to tune in for this. But like everybody was freaking out about it. I'm just like, hey, here's this uh, Colin Cowherd video. I found it interesting because Tim Tebow can't fucking play anymore. Stop giving him chances, you know, like. <laughs> But um, I don't. I did find that interview. Um, I did find that interview like it was good. Um, I guess like I would rather prefer podcasts from people like JJ Reddick and other role players. I guess because I think they have better perspective on like the NBA than the tippy top of the players do. Like if you if I don't know if you under, understand what I'm saying. Like I guess no, no I get it. Like. They have such, they're such, they're such highly competitive, like, he, creatures of habit, and they see the game so differently, where even, like, the lower-level players don't understand, and they think, like, a certain way and stuff like that. that might well, it's not... like, it's the same reason why, like, usually, and there's a several, couple exceptions, but usually role players make better coaches than yeah. stars. Yeah, exactly. Because they, under, they understand, like, what it means to work hard and, like, what you need to do to get to where, like, to be effective. Where superstars come in, they work hard, and, like, they have such a different level where it's, like, they don't understand. There's a lot of things that they don't understand how to convey to people that are lower than them. Yeah, like, the role player or, like, even, like, the good starter is, like, a good bridge yeah. in between the two. And so, it like, it, it, so it's, it is interesting to see, like, that's probably why if you ask, like, great like really great players what their all-time rankings are is probably going to be far completely different than from someone like you or me because the greater players value different things because they think on that same exact level you know yeah yeah but uh 
it it was a good interview and also Draymond's just going to be he I I can't wait to see what um I I like Draymond more as an analyst anyway like and Draymond will keep it raw on podcasts when he's a guest and stuff like that um but I'm interested to see what post career Draymond brings and I do like that Kevin Durant is a lot more open now and like at the not give a shitness of his uh, stage of his career because like he, the part about the media was interesting because I obviously we all saw the change that, um, from him in terms of how he interacted with the media and stuff like that. Like from compared to like his OKC days, and then it started like changing once he won that first championship in Golden State. Yeah. You know, like because like he is at that level. Like the, he understands the game. Like and Kevin Durant, by the way, like he is a hoop fanatic. Like he is a hoop fan. Like he will. That's all he think. That's all he thinks about. That's all he reads. That's all he watches, and all that stuff. Like, and he'll like he'll uh, like. There was a clip of him in the in Tokyo during the Olympics where he was talking with the Australian women's basketball team, and they were talking about their game against uh, the U.S. Uh, the next day. And Kevin Durant was like breaking down the matchup in a uh, Australian USA the U- Australian USA women's basketball game. Like the dude eats, sleeps, and breathes hoops. So he knows his shit. And it's just interesting to see that he's at this point now where he's like, look, I don't have to hold guys like Stephen A. and Mike Wilbon or guys who have been in the media a long time on a pedestal just because they've been in it longer and have seen stuff before him. Like, he's like, I'm a great player. Like, I know what to do on the court. I know what coverages are and all that stuff. Like, these questions are just uh, pedantic, I guess, to him. And that was interesting to hear. Yeah, it's it, you know, uh, to me with KD and like with all of the players um, going through this stuff, it's um, it's interesting to me because like I totally get where KD's coming from, and I totally get where like the distrust of the media comes from, and like the way that the marketing machine works, and the way you know it it's it is in a lot of ways disrespectful for players and disrespectful for you know what um. You know, it takes a lot of things that they're saying and doing out of context. And, like, I understand their pain points. But at the same time, like... Oh, yeah, the player's not always 100% right, by the way. Yeah. Like, I... this this the, Where it rubs me the wrong way, and it, you know this as a, as a fellow media person, <laughs> and obviously obviously we're a little biased because it's something that we do for a living, right? Yeah. But it's a, it, it is a thing where... Like, look, we're just trying to do our jobs, too. And... Yeah. You know, not everyone is coming at you maliciously, and we're just trying to do our jobs the best we can. And and a lot of times, when when your words are taken out of context, it's not necessarily our decision. That's that that that's the reason why it's happening. Yeah. So you know, to me, it's it's a thing of like, you can still be respectful and still allow everyone to do their jobs. And, oh, you know, I was about to say some wild shit right now, but I'm not. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, and I was like, wait a minute. Nope. <laughs> I'll, and it's, it's just, I'll tell it's you just off a thing of like, it's the, it's the kind of thing too of like, uh, you know, when players don't are like, I'm, I'm not going to talk to the media. Like you're, that's part of your job too, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, you have an obligation to, you know, sit and talk to the media or do whatever. But they do and have like, they do have some point because we we I mean, because how many times have you seen media scrums and people will just ask some 
dumbass question. Absolutely. Like some no, dumbass I'm not saying, qu- yeah. Again, I'm saying I'm yeah. saying there's there has to be a healthier way for all of us to interact. Yeah, there's got to be a healthy middle ground, but unfortunately right. with there's it's all muddled with social media now and shit like that, you know. Yeah. No, I totally I totally see where you're coming from. I totally agree, but yeah, I think there's it's it's so frustrating to see just like a like man, every you know, all everyone going at each other and it's like, man, you're you're right, but also like you're not right. Like there's a there's a middle ground here that we can all try to find. <laughs> yeah, like uh, because like you know, if you if you ask like Kevin Durant like some you know some legit basketball questions, I'm sure he'll talk to you with stuff like that. But like um, if at this point if you're still asking him about like the Warriors and stuff like that, I mean that stuff's kind of played out. That was like questions you should. If you're asked Rachel Nichols, they're three years ago. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Rachel Nichols asking about asking about the Warriors, yeah, like something like that, then it's like, all right, like I get where he's coming from, but like if there is like legit questions, like if say like, well, Kevin Durant's not a free agent; he just signed an extension, which is crazy to think about considering we were worried about him post thirties. But uh, like if it's something like related to like a to a player about free agency or something like that, like. It's kind of our obligation to ask that question because, like, there's a lot of player movement nowadays and stuff like that. Like, I get that, like, the off-the-court stuff has kind of... The pendulum has kind of swung too wildly into the -the off-the-court stuff compared to the -the on-the-court stuff. But, like, at the same time, like, the -the off-the-court stuff is kind of important, you know? And also, I think... I think all that I I'm boring. I think a lot of aspects of basketball are fun to talk about. Like I know people hate some stuff about like um, people get annoyed with the free agency talk 24 seven and stuff like that. And I get it, but like that stuff is kind of important and interesting because it's kind of wild how the free agency has kind of like watching the evolution of how we view and covered and watch free agency over like the last 12 years has kind of been wild to see. Because it was mainly, like, quiet. There'd be, like, one or two big names out there. And the contracts used to be longer and stuff like that. And there wasn't as much player movement. But then LeBron's decision kind of shifted the paradigm into stuff like that. And so... Well, uh, it's it's that it's that combined with the Supermax and the way that the yeah. uh, veteran structures work. Yep. Yep. But now, like, people can get extensions. And then if they're not happy, they can... Uh, um, you know, request a trade out and stuff like that. So, um, it's all of it's interesting, but, uh, yeah, there has to be like a healthy, there, there's always, we're, it's probably going to never happen, but like, it's our job to kind of, you know, break the mold a little bit more and try to find the middle ground, like, and try to inch it there as much as we can, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Um, so- so we're a few days removed now. We're about a, all the uh, major free agency stuff is out of the way. Well, do you want to talk about free agency or summer league first? Let's talk free agency first. Okay. I think it's pretty interesting. So yeah, we're removed from it. Uh, do you have any any moves that we didn't get to talk about that you're like love with hate? Um, I'm working on a video on this, but I think the Warriors are going to be contenders in the West again this year and i actually think they have a legit shot at coming out of the west um okay so the reason i th- say this is one the cum um, bucket 
no, I'm not even going to acknowledge that nickname. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just not. <laughs> um, but uh, I just think that first the landscape of the Western Conference, um, <clears throat> the landscape of the Western Conference. If you just look at the injuries that are that it happened this past season, and it's going to bleed into next season. I think that kind of tilts the playing field a little bit. But also, I think the Warriors had some – they had some low-bargain, high-reward free agency signings. Like, I really thought the Otto Porter, Nemanja Bialica, and Andre Iguodala signings were really smart and uh, really good signings because you're adding versatility, shooting, and defensive IQ and playmaking around Steph Clay and Draymond again and uh it's not a thing where Steph and Clay are the only two shooters on the team um I think Bielitsa adds size positional versatility he, he this past year he was struggling but he was injured and then he got traded to Miami so I'm I'm gonna give him a mulligan on that because I thought his first two years in Sacramento was really good I think he's a really I think he's a solid playmaker a solid tertiary playmaker but not only that he has like thir legit like 30 to 35 foot range from three as a 40 percent three-point guy um Otto Porter that's a low risk high reward signing that I like he's only played 42 games the last two seasons he's been injured but he's a guy who's been historically durable but uh he's a solid defender he's 28 years old 6'8 wing and is an elite shooter, like legitimately an elite shooter. Just look at his career. He's a career 40% three-point shooter, but look at his catch-and-shoot numbers, and it's been like always hovering around 42%. Um, and then Andre Iguodala, like as old as he is, he's still like a 20-minute-per-game guy, still a solid defender, defensive IQ, smart, yeah, his offensive game might be dwindling and dwindling, but, like, he's still a good playmaker, um, and he'll always hit big shots. Like, uh, and I'm not going to do the Max Kellerman, like, I want Iguodala, but, like, he does hit big shots for that team, and he's very familiar with the infrastructure of that team because he, he, he was part of it. Like, he created it. Like, you think of the big three, and then you think of Andre Iguodala when you think of those Warriors teams. And Kevin Durant, obviously, but if you're talking pre-Kevin Durant era, warriors like andre Iguodala was a giant piece of that team yeah um and then i think if moses moody i think moses moody is the more the more ready of all the young lottery picks that they have out of wiseman and kaminga if moses moody can have a diet coke version of what tyrese halliburton did in his rookie year for the sacramento kings i think that that will give the Warriors some playmaking, some shooting, and some defense from the guard position at 6'6 that they just haven't had. And I just really love what they did. And uh, with Wiggins and Jordan Poole and Juan T uh, emerging last year, um, getting more reps, and Wiggins was legitimately good for the Warriors last year as like a 3 and D guy, um, and Clay coming back, even if Clay is not the same defender, um yeah that's my concern so so here i'm i'm liking everything you're saying I, I really do the my concerns are clay's lateral movement defensively yeah uh because obviously obviously he, he lacked he he wasn't an athletic guy before but he did have pretty solid lateral movement and lateral does yeah. to stick with guys 
Um, but you know, now you're taking away theoretically with the injuries, you're taking away both of his tools to be able to pretty much his only tool to stay in front of athletic wings that he's guarding. So that's a concern for me. And then also in the West, looking at the way the West is structured, at least on the top end, it puts a lot of pressure on Wiseman to develop, to, and to be able to guard these bigger um, athletic centers, these bigs. Cause Draymond is good. He's a, or, you know, Draymond's a in one of an all-time defender, or whatever. But he's not. He doesn't have the size or the athleticism to stick with a Anthony Davis or a Nikola Jokic, or you know, and sort of these big things. It's gonna at the top end of the West. He's gonna have to contend with. So it does. You do. You do need someone like Wiseman, even DeAndre Ayton, right? You need someone at that. You know that that has the size and athleticism to be able to stick with these guys, or at least provide help and backup for them for when Draymond either gets in foul trouble or is, is sitting on the bench, right? Yeah. Right. So those are my two concerns, and I don't know if A, I'm uh, Clay's, Clay's health defensively is, is the question mark for me, and then also the development of Wiseman, uh, not so much on the offensive end, but the defensive end to be able to to help um, slow down some of these these important bigs that he's gonna have to fa- they're going to have to face if they make a run. Yeah, that's fair. It also depends on what seeding the Warriors get to, where they only have to face one of those guys. I do think Draymond Green has a better chance of guarding Anthony Davis than uh, Jokic, um, just because Jokic is... Well, Jokic is the, the yeah, bulk. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Jokic's heft is very much bigger than Anthony Davis. And, yes, and, he and, could, and Aiton. Yeah, and, and Aiton. Well, Aiton is not so much because he can't like post up. Like, he's not... He's not a as refined of a post-up player as no. Davis or Jokic. And I don't think Aiton's too upright to me sometimes. And um, I I wish – there were just times where I wish Aiton would just be aggressive and look for a shot. But I think he's kind of found a, a alley as like the run in, the run run rim to rim. Yeah, the guy. rim runner. And, yeah. um, and the, but the thing is the too is like – And stuff. But um, – Even if – even with Aiton, a lot of his – value at least from my opinion comes from his energy on the on the boards mm-hmm. and so you know draymond's lack of size really does help hurt him there yeah and yeah, so like you know w- when you have when you have a guy like wiseman that can match theoretically can match eight and energy and energy athleticism wise then you know you need that guy in there just kind of like keep with him and keep you guys in possession i'm or still a wiseman position, right? believer but man like his def- like bigs like that take a while to develop, and I just wonder. He's how... way more raw than I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Like he has stone hands too. Like he can't catch the ball as well. Like, um, and people can did say. You, did you see? Did you see? By the way, the tweet that I I called out, and he was, and the guy responded. He was taking a lot of shit. And uh, what happened? I some guy. So I quote retweeted it, and I was like, "Yo, uh, frozen." frozen tweets or like you know old frozen tweets or whatever um keep oh, this one in the old pocket t- old takes exposed or whatever yeah, yeah. So oh i, I think like, i did I see like, that but i forgot what and you so, tweeted so it was uh and so he responded like you know i'll be i'll be waiting for it and so you know he's he's all in on it it's uh that evan mobley is a poor man's james wiseman uh i don't think i agree with that <laughs> neither do i that's a terrible take <laughs> that's that's kind of like 
Mobley is it was just on the Mobley it was like on the defensive end alone like yeah it was it was like Mobley is an is a more uh, is a less skilled James Wiseman or something something like to that effect and I was like I don't what are you watching man (laughs) as the great Rick James said in the Dave Chappelle skit cocaine's a hell of a drug (laughs) dude I I don't know what I don't know how you could watch both of them play and tell me that he's not he's a less talented Mobley is Look, Wiseman has, as far as athletic uh, athleticism goes, yes, James, fine. I'll give James Wiseman points there. Evan Mobley's the better defender. He's a better shooter, and he's a better playmaker. Like, just that. And Mobley is still raw, too, by the way. Like, he still has some stuff to iron out, but he's already, like, more advanced than Wiseman, so I don't Just know. Just defensively, he's, the way he reads defenses. Well, the way, the he, way moves, he reads, the way he moves too, like he's much yeah. more coordinated laterally than Wiseman is. Like, <coughs> like Wiseman is coordinated, don't get me wrong, but like Mobley is sliding in front of guards on the perimeter, you know? Yeah. Like he's Mobley is feet. way more advanced on that end than Wiseman is just on that alone. So I don't know what that dude was thinking. <laughs> dude, yeah, I, I was for a complete loss because – We'll talk about him when you talk about summer league, but like Mobley was a standout for me watching him play. Yeah, but um, yeah, um, but yeah. I, so any so aside from the Warriors, do you have anything that you don't like? Anything that you thought was like, what the fuck are they doing? So I thought, um, again, I did a I did a video on this. I thought there were three losers. I thought the um, who I did I don't remember uh, I don't remember one of them, but I know the Pelicans are a loser of mine. I hated what they did in free agency just considering that they were waiting for Kyle Lowry then they whiffed and then they traded for Devontae Graham who I like Devontae Graham I liked what he developed into more than probably what anybody expected like I'm sure anybody my, my thing is my thing is you had Lonzo yeah you had and Lon- you, you and you yeah you, that's my you thing. let Lonzo go and you traded picks and people for Devontae Graham, who's just a worse, he was just a Lonzo? worse player. Like, and low key, like Lonzo shot slightly better from three than Graham. Like, I'm, Graham takes tougher threes than Lonzo does, but like Lonzo for two years now has been a really good shooter. So, like, yes. I think we could put that concern behind us. And also, he has great chemistry with Zion. He's a better playmaker than Devontae Graham. Like, I don't understand. Why there he's was a such defender. A, he's a, he's better a top defender. level up for defender. He's bigger. He's bigger. He's a better defender, better playmaker. And you wouldn't have had to give anything up to keep him. No, all you had to do was just sign him to or match the match, match the offer. And he has great chemistry with your franchise player, who, by the way, is already st- we're already starting to hear reports of him being unhappy in yeah, New Orleans. Dude, well, not only do they have really good chemistry, but apparently they're very close. Yeah. So, dude, you're you're letting some a young player that could grow with your star, that's really close friends with your young with your young star, walk. I'm sorry. Is that how you keep him happy? And also, you put the team in a completely like when we started this podcast and we were talking about ranking teams in the West. I was so lukewarm on the Pelicans because of the Stan Van Gundy hire and the Stephen Adams signing because theoretically Steven Adams was supposed to be this rim running rolling big and he did neither of those things he just clogged up the paint for their best paint player which is Zion and then clogged up spacing for Brandon Ingram and Lonzo so you put the team in a very 
non-conducive environment to bring out their best talents anyway. And then you decide not to bring Lonzo back. Like, I'm sorry. Like, David Griffin is not a good GM. Like, I thought at the very—I always thought he was overrated. But at the very least, I thought he would be competent. Um, I remember when David Griffin was, like, in the—when— I remember he was supposed to be in consideration for the Sixers general manager job. And I was like, please no. Like, aside from building around LeBron— which, okay, fine, not everybody can build around LeBron, but I do think that is a more easier task than a lot of GM situations, right? Yeah. Like, but, like, he's giving away all these picks. Like, he's doing a very light version of what Brian, Brian Colangelo did with Sam Hinkie's draft assets. Like, he's just pissing them away because he gave away another pick to sign and trade for Devontae Graham. And, and look, Yoni and... I still don't get, like, why they traded away the 10th pick. Like, why did they do that? And to get Jonas Valanciunas, who is a better fit than Adams, but it's still the same vein. Like, Yeah, it's just a big, it's just a big lumbering like, center. Like, <laughs> yeah, and Jonas can, yeah, post up and score, unlike Steven Adams. But again, like, you're clogging, it's the same space that Zion I needs loved, to be I successful. I love the idea I loved the idea of them getting Lori Market in. I was like, I fell in love with that idea. Mm-hmm. And then, I, yeah, they're just not going to do that either. <laughs> yeah, nope. Like, I, I don't know, man. I'm just not, I'm just not into the Pelicans right now. Uh, there might be a little bit more spacing, hopefully. Um, maybe they'll pop more than I think. But look, David Griffin is just a, he's a bad GM, and I. I will not change my mind until I see otherwise, I guess. And then I thought my other loser was the Blazers. <laughs> Cause like, bro, I don't know. I, if I was Dame Lillard, I would be pissed. I would, I would want out. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what's taking so long at this point. Just come to my team, please. The Sixers just, <laughs> just come to my team. But like Dame said that he even said it. He said it, his words, not ours, that, I like I don't know if a coaching change is going to be enough to be like well we're a championship team now. Yes. Basically saying that this roster is sucks. is not a is sucks. It's not a championship <laughs> roster. And so what is he what does Neil O'Shea do? Um one he hires Chauncey Billups, two he signs Tony Snell, Cody Zeller and Ben McLemore to like bolster the margins on the bench. That's gonna that that was Dan's <laughs> idea of a free agency. Like, I don't know, man. Like, that just seems like a bad thing waiting to happen. And the thing that's weird is like when you think about the Blazers and you think about like when you think about all these contenders, right? Even if they didn't make moves and they didn't get stuff, they're in the conversation, right? Like Celtics were in the conversation for stuff. Um mm. Sixers were in the conversation for stuff. We've seen movement that like, hey, they're they're working. They're trying to get stuff done. Yeah. I haven't seen a single rumor about like the Blazers are interested in someone someone. Or yeah. they're talking to someone so. What are they doing? They're the Neil O'Shea like if you listen to Neil O'Shea's comments after they got knocked out of the first round, like he legitimately believes that like the roster was not the issue as to why they had defensive problems. He really threw Terry Stotts under the bus, backed Bro, the bus up over see. him and then ran him over again. And it's like he's gonna see, he's gonna see right away. Like Kevin Hart said, you're gonna learn today. You're gonna learn today. (laughs) Because like, one, the backcourt alone, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, small, is small. Damian Lillard's a terrible defender. CJ McCollum is not any better. 
Robert Covington is really just an off-ball. I love Robert Covington, but he's more of a great off-ball defender than a one-on-one defender. And who do they have at pe- – I don't – I don't remember who they they lost Zach Collins, even though Zach Collins Enos never Cantor. even played. <laughs> um, Ennis Kander's in Boston now. Um, oh, that's right. Nur- Nurkic, like, is he gonna be? Is healthy. he is he gonna be healthy? <laughs> like, is he gonna be better removed from the uh, broken leg now? Like, I don't that that whole Blazers situation just stinks. And then for incomplete, I would have to give my own team an incomplete because everything's in limbo with the whole. Uh, Ben Simmons thing. It's clear that Daryl Morey is just waiting for Damian Lillard. Like it's, it's so clear. Everybody, it's so everybody in the league knows it. Like everybody, everybody knows it. Like I'm sure Simmons knows it. Rich Paul knows it. Lillard knows it. The Sixers hired Phil Beckner, who is a uh, Damian Lillard's longtime trainer and assistant coach uh, back at Weber State, where uh, Lillard went to college. Uh, the Sixers are clearly planting the seeds to try and get Lillard, but Lillard hasn't requested a trade yet. So things are in limbo. Um, did not like the Andre Drummond signing um, <laughs> to say the least, but it's an incomplete right now. I don't think there is a lot of losers in free agency though. I liked a lot of teams for, I love the Hornets free agency. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm them. sure you did too. Like a lot of toys. Dude, like Lamello I said, now. I just want, I just want LaMelo to get all the toys. Yeah. No, you, all the points. All the good all players. He needs left, all he needs now is Leangelo. That's it. Give him Leangelo <laughs> as like the sixth, as like the thirteenth man on the bench. I mean, Take that's it. I don't even know if Leangelo's a thirteenth man to be honest. <laughs> he looked good in the summer league, man. Is, he was okay. He was all right. Like I wouldn't say he looked good. He was okay. Um, I just think everybody just got hyped to see him because he's a ball brother. I think if Leangelo was like five inches taller, he'd be in the NBA for sure. With that, yeah, with how his six, game, six. with how his game is. Um, he, he needed he needs to be a long boy that can shoot these three yeah like it's kind he, he's kind of like me in the sense that he got the short end of the i mean six four is like nothing to be slouch at right but like lonzo is six six leangelo's like yeah a, or a legit like six eight and like and i feel for leangelo because i'm six feet flat and my little brother is six eight so it's like yeah <laughs> so it's like i i kind of i kind of simp uh sympathize with uh Leangelo but I don't think he's uh I think he's going to be trying to fight on 10-day contracts for a good part of his career um but that's fair I think he I think he's good enough to find a niche of like a team that needs a spot of three-point shooter and someone maybe come off the bench and get get hot we'll see I mean look either way like LeVar was a prophet like yeah and, and like he all of his boys made it to the professional league in some way or another and everybody was like, all right, this loud mouth dude needs to stop talking. And he was right. It was like almost like a Richard Williams with a Venus and Serena, like in, in the belief he had in his kids. So um, shout out to a uh, shout out to LeVar. Um, I also uh, I also like the Kai Jones uh, pick for the for the Hornets as well, because um, at the very least, he'll be a a large three and D athletic guy, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, what's something, someone's got to be better than Bismack Biombo and Cody Zeller, right? <laughs> like who the Blazers. Yeah, so. You just need, you just need to give LaMelo a big, nice rolling lob threat. Yeah. He needs his Tyson Chandler. I would have loved if they had traded for miles Turner, but it doesn't look like the Pacers are going <clears> to, <throat> are going to trade, trade for him. I would, I heard they were 
I don't know what Lori Marketing status is right now, but I knew the Hor- I saw a report that the Hornets were, you know, can strongly considering him and Ubre before they signed Ubre. Um, that would have been nice too. Would have liked to see Lowry in a better place because I still like Lowry Marketing as a player. Um, but yeah, I like the Hornets. The Nets. The Nets to me are just the undisputed favorite to win the championship this upcoming year. Like it's kind of crazy how good of an off season they had. Yeah. Like they got James Johnson, who was a, you know, the Pelicans best defender, which isn't saying much, but he was still solid. He's a big wing. Um, you know, the draft they drafts they had getting a Cam getting um Cam Johnson um as a microwave scorer. Um uh, just all the minimum signings they had uh, were just getting Bruce Brown back. And um, hopefully, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and um, uh, James Harden can, you know, stay healthy. Uh, but the Nets, I thought the Nets uh, killed their free agency. And um, they, like, to me, they are the undisputed, like, favorites. Um, I'm trying to pull up their wit. They got DeAndre Bembry, too, who is another hard playing defensive wing patty mills too like how the hell yeah, did they get patty patty mills mills? Was, that was a steal <laughs> how did they get patty that's mills like that's that's crazy to me and you know blake griffin resigns with the nets too and he was legitimately solid for the nets like the nets are loaded this year and uh oh yeah and they traded um they somehow traded landry shamit and got a first round pick back but they also got javon carter who is like he didn't get much playing time with the Phoenix Suns because of the guards in front of him, but like he's a bulldog on that end on the defensive end of the floor from the point guard position, and really like with how talented the Nets' big three is, like if you just get guys who are good at a who are really good at a few things as role players, like Bruce Brown for example, basically became a guard center. Like Javon Carter could excel there. Um, Patty Mills will definitely excel there. James Johnson adds toughness and defense on the perimeter. Like the Nets really killed their off season and the league should be shitting themselves. <laughs> like it's scary. It's scary. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. I think they're, they've solidified a number one spot. I think like, I think the, I think I put like Lakers bucks and I think actually just Lakers bucks right behind them. In terms of like, if I made if I made a power ranking right now, um, and then I think there's a pretty big, oh well, I would say like Lakers, Bucks, and then like slightly below them would put maybe like Nuggets, Suns, like that. It's group. really just it's really just health, and the Sixers are just in limbo right now because I think yeah, they're winning like, a lot I, of regular season games. I think like... that I would I would put the Sixers in that group with potentially with Lakers, Bucks, but I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah. and like. And so, like, I just can't, I can't, I don't, I can't place them anywhere while this is hanging over their heads. People think that Ben Simmons is going to show up to training camp in a city. I think there's a very good chance that Ben Simmons might hold out. I don't think, there's no way that he's playing a game for the Sixers again. I I just don't, I don't believe that. Did you see the, uh. The clip that came out, I think, yesterday or the other day about with him working out. Oh, my God. Can Chris Johnson just stop posting shit? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, as Sixer fans are so sick of summer workout videos now. It like, was so funny. My favorite, my favorite comments were like, 
Ben, you know, no one in the league is going. No one in the league is going, going over, over the screen. The screen. Right? No, no one. one's going over the screen. Right? And also, I like the. I like how he was like, not many point guards in the league have this bag. And I mean, you mean dribble around a screen and snake your way to the rim and dunk. A lot of and point dunk. guards have that bag. What are you talking about? And, and <laughs> also, Ben, why why are you working on that, dude? You're good at that already. Like. Uh, yeah right and it's no one wants to see you work on that like there's got to be some level of self-awareness here like sixer fans have seen workout videos over the summer for like three or four straight fucking summers and you come in and you don't shoot you'll shoot your one three-pointer every two months to be like all right everybody shut up i shot it are you happy and then you have a meltdown like that in the playoffs the last four games of that hawk series was just putrid and then you show up with a workout video like that, and also like, I'm just. I love, the, but I love, I love how he, the workout is like nothing ever happened. He's like, I'm in my in my bag. Doing he's like my in thing. my, and he's working out with like Rajon Rondo on his shooting, and it's like, look, Rajon turned himself into a solid <laughs> shooter, but like that is the last person I want to see working on a jump shot with Ben Simmons. Like that's <laughs> dog. <laughs> like, uh, it's hey Ben, a, who are you working with? I'm working with the sharpshooter extreme, and I feel, Mr. Rajon Rondo. And I feel oh. bad because at this point, like, if you just look at Sixers Reddit and everywhere else, like, Ben's just oh, getting annihilated every time there's, like, Ben Simmons content posted now. And it's like, all right, guys, like, I get it. Like, I was pissed at Ben, too. I think we should trade him because only because he's our only blue-chip asset left. But, like, like he doesn't help himself with shit like this it's like dude and also chris johnson is the guy who fucking posts videos about like oh i'm watch me shoot this basketball on this rim with a bunch of nails around it like are you trying to do like a saw movie with basketball workout videos like i I don't know if you've seen those but like he there was a video he posted with like rotating rims one time and he was like look this is what a pure shooter does he hits the rim he hits the net no matter what and it was like a it was like a circle with like three rims and it was rotating i'm like are we at a carnival <laughs> like what are we doing here but yeah the sixers are in limbo until otherwise they'll win a lot of regular season games but now i'm in official wait and see in the playoffs cuz i don't believe it type mode i guess yeah that's fair all right, That's summer league. Summer yeah, I guess league. we'll end off on summer league. The uh... congrats to the two-time summer league champ, Sacramento Kings. Now I know a yeah. I know a guy uh, who's a member of the uh, Sacramento media. He uh, flew to Las Vegas and I DM'd him and I was just like, "Gonna gonna catch your team winning a chip this year?" And he was like, "Hey, it's the only one we're gonna get." <laughs> <laughs> and he watched the hey, he watched his team hoist the trophy. You know. Um, hey man, you gotta love it. Um, I I must say, and again, this is we talked about. We talked about the last episode, and we talked about how much we loved the Rockets draft the last episode. I did and love I was, the Rockets draft, and I was and I was gushing about my boy Sangoon because yeah. I just love. I love we 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 both established that we both love post dominant centers. I I like I like Sangoon's game. And uh, watching him in Summer League, I just fucking love this dude. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how it's going to translate, but I fucking love this dude. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, he's a skilled offensive player. Like, yes. he, he And he's a really good rebounder. I don't know how he's going to look laterally defensively on the perimeter and stuff, but I think he's going to be a hard-playing big around the rim. Kind of like – I could, I mean, if he turns into like a Brooke Lopez type of rim 
protector. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at some point in his career. Like, it's not Im- improbable, you know. Um, but, yeah, it'll definitely be slow-footed, la- lack of fleet of foot on the perimeter. But uh, he he could, he has touch. He has post moves. Like, he could rebound. Mm-hmm. He plays hard. And like, he has a good – He has a, he's not a great defender, but he does have good feel. Yeah, he has good activity like, I, too. Like, it's, he's active, yeah. you know. <clears throat> and he's, and he's, getting, he's getting to the right spot. It's just like, you know – He's a little slower on it. His, you know, he's not great laterally, but you know, he's moving. He's doing. He's showing effort, which is all you can really ask for. Right? And I, I really, I really fucks with Jalen Green. Like, I, I like, I really like his game. Like, yeah, I, I'm not gonna sit here and watch and act like I've watched every G League Ignite game, but I, I did see some G League Ignite games with him and Kaminga on the same team, and like. Like, you could definitely see the athleticism and the scoring upside that he has. The question is always going to be his jump shot, which looked pretty good in Summer League. He has that every – it's really crazy how kids are coming into the game now, like with just having the sidestep three on lock now, you know? Like, that's the – those are the type of moves they've been honing. Like, I remember when James Harden started – Manu Ginobili did it a little bit, but not to the degree Harden, like, took it – like even Harden and OKC had like that sidestep three, but then in Houston he like revolution revolutionized that. Uh, I don't even know if I said that right, uh, but um, he took it to a whole nother level. And like now, nineteen year olds these days are just coming in with that sidestep three. I like I like all the I like the Rockets picks. Um, they're gonna be a fun. They're going to be a fun, shitty twenty five win team to watch because they have a lot of young players that I think are going to be. NBA rotation guys and Jalen Green obviously I think he has all the upside in the world because of his uh, scoring potential you know and um the other another team in Cam Johnson like it's it's funny the summer league is like an environment for scores to succeed and I thought Cam Johnson like he's a bucket getter like in that environment with the Nets like you could tell the Nets drafted in a way where they you could tell how their free agency was going to go. They were going to get a bunch of role players, and then they were going to get some high upside rookies where in a incubated environment they were going to succeed with their best skills. And Cam Johnson, I could see just being a bucket getter off the bench for the Nets, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think they did a great job of showing it off. And like The thing that I loved about the Summer League is like there's a, all the rookies showed out. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, we – uh, Cade had some up and downs, but you can totally see exactly what he's good at and like oh, what, he, yeah. what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, and you're like, because a lot of people were like, "Oh, look at Draylen Green, look at the numbers, look at the the highlights." And I was like, "Yo, look at what Cade's doing running the offense." <laughs> like, yeah, Cade. Yeah, Cade is going. I'm still not sure about Killian Hayes yet. Like, I I like I want to like him and believe in him, but you can see like so I can see how can he's going to be helped out by Cade for sure. When when Cade's on the floor with Killian, you can see the flow of the offense, right? Mm. You can see how they work in tandem, and like Cade's really putting Killian in spots where he can succeed. Yeah, they'll and, and like um, it was fun seeing the Pistons <clears throat> and the Rockets go up against each other too. And Cade just he pulled that move on Jalen Green, and I was like, oh shit! Like <laughs> it was like that cr- that behind the back crossover into a three. Um, also, Davion Mitchell, I I can't wait to uh, go to a few Kings games this year. Uh, uh, covering a few Kings games this year because, uh, you know, Golden One Center is going to be at capacity again. And if 
the Kings bench in summer league and the crowd is reacting to the way Davion Mitchell plays defense. I can't wait to see what a full golden one center looks like watching Davion. They kind of did in the California classic. <laughs> I'm, con- I'm concerned about if the, if the league is going to, if the refs are going to let him guard the way he's guarding. That is true. That that's fair. He's, in the summer, like he is, he's he going at you. He did it. get too physical sometimes, but like he has good technique. He could slide his feet, and you could tell he like gives a shit on that end. And also, he's kind of a he's an intuitive defender too. Like he'll give extra help, and like he'll do the whole um, reach and recover back and stuff like that. Like the Kings just need a def- a good defender in the worst way, considering they had one of the worst defensive ratings in NBA history by a mile. Um, and I just can't wait to see, like, the one possession in Golden 1 Center where Davion, like, has, like, walks up a defender and the 24-second shot clock runs out and the whole arena just freaks out. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't, I wasn't like, against or for the pick when they made it, but, like, after seeing in Summer League, like, they have to, they definitely have to loosen up the log jam in the guard because Buddy Heald's still there. Terrence Davis yeah. just resigned there and stuff like that. But I could, they, Luke Walton's definitely going to trot out a Fox Halliburton and Davion Mitchell like one, two, three lineup like at some point. And that's going to be fun to watch. And he does. So, like, I'm not saying he, he's like this player because they have the same initial and last name, but like, he does have a little bit of Donovan Mitchell to his game with just how compact he is and the yeah it's, like, it's the explosion right the, yeah the, the, expo- compact the compact the, he has a compact body and, and it's like compact explosion like he he can accelerate off one foot two feet and the sh- jump shot just looks so similar to donovan mitchell's just with how compact it is you know yeah so i can't see i can't wait to see uh davion in a sacramento that's going to be they're going to be a team I'm going to be watching out for. <clears throat> no, definitely. They're, they're an exciting bunch that, like, we already knew because of just how their backcourt was working out. My only concern was, like, again, your log down that you're talking about. Yeah. And, like, even if they did run that three-guard rotation, that's a small rotation, man. Even as great I just a think at this point the Kings need good players. <laughs> that's know? fair. Like, they – like, like – I, I got give, what you can. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause I've definitely done this before too, where I look at shitty teams and I'm like, Oh, do they fit? But at the end of the day, you're shitty for a reason. Like, I think you just need to get all the good players you can get. Um, and I think Davion's definitely, he was a, he was a, one of the more touted as one of the more NBA ready players coming out of the draft. And I thought, you know, I understood the thought process behind why the Kings picked him. I was surprised. I think Davion was surprised too. Um, and his, yeah. uh, after he was picked and he did his media availability, I think he was surprised the Kings picked him. But, yeah, but you know, uh, you get the good. If this is, if, I'm curious if this is the direction that the Kings are going to continue to go because they grabbed Halliburton, who again was another NBA ready guy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're. I wonder if they realized like, yo, we've had really bad luck with projects. Let's just grab guys that are just like ready yeah. to go. <laughs> they re- yeah, exactly. They re-signed Rashawn Holmes too. I'm sure I, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to trade Harrison Barnes because I think one he's He's been good for the Kings, um, but also I think they're going to try to see if they could get something for Buddy Heald. But if not, then Buddy Heald is flat out one of the best shooters in the NBA with high volume. Like last year, I think he was only behind – last year he was second and th- made threes behind, you know, obviously Stephen Curry. So, uh, you know, um, 
we'll see where the Kings go from here. They still have Luke Walton, though. That is my concern. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll yeah. see. But no, I... I, I Oh, I had sorry, a fun time watching the summer league. I had, I had the fun. I had a fun time watching the summer league. There's a lot of good games going on. A lot of co- games coming down to the wire. Again, I like that Tyrese Maxey was. I for second year players, I'm looking for like if you're too good for summer league, and I like from a Sixers standpoint that Tyrese Maxey was too good for summer league. Um, I like the I, and I like the development trajectory he's on. I'm also just excited because he's literally the only Sixers guard who can dribble and when he dribbles makes a layup <laughs> and he could shoot a little bit off the dribble. Hey man, you That's have, you have, you have Ben Simmons who can dribble to the basket and pass. Not many people have the bag Ben Simmons has where you just dribble around the screen and dunk. <laughs> Dude, what? Look at him bend his knees before the pass. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. The, if there's one thing about the Sixers is that there's not a boring moment with that team. There is not a boring moment. I'm glad yeah, Joel Embiid uh, signed that extension, though. Worth every penny, even with his injury history. Uh, I don't care. Like, got to do it. Got to do it. He's flat out one of the at the. He's when you're team building and you want to win a championship, you get the guys where when they're at their best, they can compete with anybody in the NBA. And Joel Embiid is that type of player. And um, I'm glad that he's si- he signed the Supermax. Um, I think people were surprised that he signed the Supermax extension. Um, I kind of wasn't because I think everybody's just looking at the landscape now and they're like, look, if I even if I sign this extension, I could just force my way out. Um, that's kind of the way the league is going now. Um, but I really do legitimately believe that Joel Embiid wants to end his career in Philadelphia. Um He's talked about it ad nauseum. That's the only team who took a chance on him with his foot injuries. They were patient with him for two years. And I think he really does embrace the challenge of living in a – wanting to win for a tough city like Philadelphia. Um, and even if at the end of his contract it doesn't work out and he decides to, you know, sign somewhere else, um, you know, I wouldn't be mad at him. Um, I'm just glad he's committed to the team and, uh, you know – you sign you sign your you sign your good players is what I'm saying. Unlike you know the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. But um, uh, yeah, that's uh. You have anything else you wanted to bring to the table here? Uh, I guess um, I do wonder about like, I do wonder about like teams like the Heat and stuff like that because I do think the heat will be really good but I do wonder about their age there's just a lot of free agency there's just a lot of teams in free agency like I said that like I thought had good summers but like I think people are underestimating that the landscape of the western conference might not be as good this year than uh I think because of the injuries and to contenders like the nuggets the clippers um, I don't know if the Sun like historically the Clippers speaking, aren't going to compete this year. The historically, if Kawhi is not going, they're not going to compete this year. I'm also really concerned about Kawhi. By the way, I had a sports surgeon on my Sly Hooper podcast. Um, any anyone listening to this podcast can check that out. Uh, we were talking about Kawhi, and I'm kind of concerned about Kawhi 
post-30s because if he had that chronic leg stuff that was going on and tore his ACL and he's going to be 30 soon, um, 30, 31, like I'm kind of worried about 30s, post-30s Kawhi. I do mm-hmm. – I want to keep believing in Justice Winslow, not just because he's a lefty, but I really liked his game at Duke. But um, I want to see if Justice I'm, – I'm, I've been on the Justice Winslow train – me too. For far too long. Me, and I feel, I, I feel I'm not every getting time off. I, every time I, feel, every time I feel like, all right, it's time to get off. He'll have like a thirty point explosion. I'm like, all right, back on. Yeah. What game back was? On. What game was it? Um, I think it was against the Grizz. I think when he was on the Grizzlies this year, Justice Winslow had a great game against the Clippers, and I'm pretty sure that's why he he was able to get a contract with the with the Clippers. But like, he's still only 24. He's six six, like. You know, like there was that one year in Miami. Athletic. Yeah, there was this. There was that one year in Miami, the 2017-18 season, where you know he shot 38. He shot 38 percent from three. Like he was a point guard, kind of. Like I still believe it. (laughs) I still believe in Justice Winslow, man. Like, uh, no, it was a 2018-19 season. I'm looking at it right now. Like he averaged 12 points a game, nearly five assists, five rebounds, and he shot 37 percent from three. Like. He's a good player is in there somewhere, and I'm not giving up on Justice Winslow. He just needs to be healthy. And <laughs> bro, it's this it sounds like my this sounds like my Andrew Wiggins like me talking myself into into still into why I have Andrew Wiggins trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's just players you can't quit, man. And I just I know oh, that I, you you know who I was on the train for. Till I'm still on the train for Michael Beasley. Oh God, <laughs> I I can't express to you because first off, why when, <laughs> when when Jerry West says this is the best offensive talent I've ever seen? Okay, when Jer- when Jerry West tells you that, and you go, even Jerry West can be wrong right. sometimes, man. <laughs> Dude, but the thing is, I don't think he's necessarily like in terms of raw talent. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. When you watch Michael Beasley, he is so talented in getting in scoring the basketball. Yeah, he's like so, he eight, can't do anything like else. Eight years ago, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even 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 in that even in that like what three months that he was with the Lakers, he'd come into games and score like an instant ten points, and you're like, dude, why would we do this more? And then he'd do something stupid. You're like, oh, that's why. Well, he wears watches on his ankles. Like, yes, that that's why. And he also says, I don't that iconic uh, interview he did with Taylor Rooks where he was talking about brain power and like, you know, how we only use like 10 percent of our brain, but like we could use like more (laughs) and shit like that. It was like, I I love Michael Beasley, though. He's entertaining. Um, Dude, like when you watch him, though. You can't deny it. Like, this dude's fucking talented. Dude, it's at, just Ka- a matter dude of, like, at Kansas State, he was a monster. Like, he was legit. Dude, even, like, that, even, the, like, that Derek has, Rose. Stretches... Derek Rose versus Michael Beasley was, like, a legit conversation. Yeah. Like, that, that draft. <laughs> and the thing is, again, like, when you watch, there's some games in the NBA where, like, he just turns it on and you go, oh, my God, how easy is it for him to score? Mm-hmm. And then you, like, he can't do anything else. Let's be clear. He can't do anything else, but he, putting the ball in the hoop, yeah, he can do that in buckets. I used to, I used to like be a huge OJ Mayo believer too. Before you know, he got oh, suspended. so was I. That was, that was before my he USC got dog. from the league. <laughs> um, it's kind of crazy that um, that draft class was nuts. You, 
like Russell Westbrook at four was a reach, was considered a reach. Yeah. Like there Kevin Love. Kevin also, Love too. This, this came this came through the other day and like this is going on Twitter. I think it was last night it's coming through Twitter. People need to remember how good prime Kevin Love was. Yeah, Minnesota people Kevin Love res- is really good. People need to put respect on Kevin Love because people, re- people don't remember. Dude. Yeah, people don't remember how good Kevin Love was in Minnesota. He might be the best was... outlet passer I've seen in my lifetime. Like in my yes. life. Like yes. I'm, not, I'm 30, so you don't and, and a get legitimate, pissed at me and, if I miss like West Unseld or some shit. But um, but like and and legitimately one of the best like positional rebounding centers I've ever seen. Yeah, he was a good player, but you know, injuries and you know, when LeBron returned home, like Kevin Love was regulated to the corner and stuff yeah. like that and to be a rebounder. Um he was always going to Yeah, he be, sacrificed a lot to get a championship. Yeah, he it's just unfortunately now he's just been injured and he's old and uh Yeah. And that But people forget, man, Kevin Love was a monster. People Yeah, like, Kevin Love people, was people legit. People mean on like, him now. People yeah. mean on him now, but like he was legitimately in his prime a top 10 player in the NBA. Also, I wouldn't mind being memed if I made like thirty million dollars a year. I just wouldn't. Oh yeah, I just wouldn't no, care. I I don't think he. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he cares. I'm just saying I, people, yeah. need to, people need to because there was a thing that came out of like you know basketball reference as their uh, Hall of Fame projections or like their percentages of like what players go to Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and people were per, like kind of yelling about how high Kevin Love was. And it's like, dude, Kevin Love. Yeah, realize how how good Kevin Love was. I don't like, think Kevin. He'll get into the Basketball Hall of Fame because I think it that's the easiest Hall of Fame to get into yeah. out of all the sports. Cause, well, because it's taking into account Olympics and college and everything yeah. else, too. But, like, if it was, like, I like – I think the, the NFL is a nice – Is the hardest. Is, no, the I think Major League Baseball is the hardest because there's a lot of old white writers who okay, that's are, fair. are very that's traditionalist. Fair. <laughs> and, yes. you know, guys like – I don't care about the steroid era. Barry Bond should Bond. be in the fucking Hall of Fame. And like, Clemens. And, and, Clemens. and Clemens, like, there's a bunch of people who should be in the Hall of Fame, but baseball writers take shit personally and hate players, and yeah. they just leave him out. I think the NFL is a nice middle ground between the MLB and the and the NBA. Like, it's not too easy, and it's it's hard, but it's not extremely hard, and you have to actually be like consistently great. And I think Kevin Love will get in because basketball is the easiest, but like. If it was like NFL standards, he wouldn't get in. I would. I personally no. wouldn't have Kevin Love in. But like, I'm not devaluing how good he was in Minnesota because he was good. Like, he is one of flat out one of the best rebounders I have seen. Um, even he, I think he's obviously I think he's better than Andre Drummond because I thought Andre Drummond like he's a Andre Drummond was a great rebounder, is a great rebounder. But like Kevin Love's like positional boxing out timing and all that stuff just everything that goes into rebounding he's one of the best i've seen at that and um he was legitimately good so yeah people do need to put respect on kevin love's name plus he was a 26 point per game guy great three-point shooter all that stuff it's just that you know minnesota has been a historically ineptitude franchise so you know um that 2008 draft was pretty crazy when you think about it. Like, even if, like, a lot of the lottery picks besides Westbrook didn't pan out as we all thought, they're still NBA players. Like, Derrick Rose won MVP. 
Michael Beasley spent 11 years in the league. Um, Danilo Gallinari. still in the league, man. I mean, yeah, he's still – or Michael Beasley? Yeah, he just got signed. Who did he get signed to? Uh, let me look up uh, Michael Beasley. I'm pretty sure I, – I, I remember laughing about it too. Uh, I'm pretty sure it might have been a 10-day or something because, like, he hasn't been in the league since 2018, 2019. <laughs> well, he was, signed, he was signed to the Nets last year. It must, that must have been a 10-day because there's no uh, – I did not see a hint of Michael Beasley. Uh, uh, but Eric Gordon – Oh, he's on, he's, on the, he's on the Blazers summer league team. Yeah, he was on – that was it. Because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew he was in summer league this year. Uh, yeah, he was on the Blazers summer not league Not officially team, so NBA roster. <laughs> no, but I remember, I remember laughing about it because I was like, ah, like, oh, yes, this is what Dame was asking for. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly the help that Dame was Need, looking needed for. To scout out, needed to scout out Michael Beasley. <laughs> oh, and Milwaukee drafted Joe Alexander with the eighth pick, only spent two years with the, in the league. Um, Eric Gordon was a monster coming out of Indiana, too, by the way. I thought yeah. I thought the Clippers were – I thought the Clippers were going to be real. I was a huge Eric Gordon fan when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, there's a lot of good players that came out of this draft, man. Uh, there's one of my favorite drafts. Yeah. Um, the two thousand Lopez in this draft. The two thousand eight, two thousand nine drafts. Like I like I like Brandon Rush too. Brandon Rush is in this draft. Oh, the classic warrior Brandon Rush. Hey man, I like Anth- Brandon Rush. Anthony Randolph too. I wonder if anybody still believes in that athleticism and <laughs> positional versatility <laughs> with Anthony Randolph. <laughs> um, my guy Mo Spates. Former Sixer legend. No, he's not. <laughs> but <laughs> it's Loot Loot. Luke Richard and Bamute still in the still in the league. In hey, some he capacity. found he founded. I I have a special place in my heart for Luke because one, he was a process sixer technically, um, a few times, but he also founded Joel Embiid at the uh, Cameroonian basketball camp, and he was the reason Joel Embiid uh, started playing basketball, or one of the early reasons he found yeah. Joel Embiid and was like, "Dude, you can play basketball," and so I will always. I, I will never uh, slander Luke Richard and Bob Mute. So, so looking down this list, I'm, there's there's like a real sin here that a guy that I was pulling for, and it it fits our vibes here of Long Boys, and it's a uh, it's Mr. Chris Douglas Roberts. Oh, was... he had that he had a nasty <laughs> dunk. I remember he I was watching it was the Final Four and um, yeah he, with uh, D Rose he, yeah with D Rose and he had a nasty dunk. Uh, I forgot who they played. It was in the final four, but he had a nasty um, dunk that was waved off, and I was, like, freaking out. <laughs> Chris dude, Douglas I, Roberts was a athletic monster. Dude, that guy was a long boy. Yep. Even even back then, I, I loved the, the long wings, even though I was short. <laughs> well, I guess six <laughs> feet – I think the average I think the average size of a male American is six feet, right? Is either like yeah. five ten or six feet. I I can't remember, but I was short in basketball terms, and I'm still salty that I did not get, I did not hit the lottery on the family uh, on either side of my family. I did not get the tall gene. Well, I I am tall, but I'm not tall for basketball terms because <laughs> like a lot of my uncles are like six three. My grandpa's like six four on my dad's side. My grandpa on my mom's side was like six three six four and you know my dad is like six one my brother's six eight so we got the extreme version of that and i'm just sitting here like cool i'm a six foot center 
<laughs> in high school. <laughs> Jared Bayless. Yeah, man, I... I remember Jared Bayless, too, looking at this draft again. Um, I remember Brandon Roy and Jared Bayless, Charles Barkley, all the time would call them the future. Like, he was like, he's like, Jared Bayless and Brandon Roy, those are going to be the next, that's going to be a great backcourt for the next decade, Ernie. And and Jared Bayless just ended up being a run of the mill rotation guard. Well, actually. I so again look continue to look at this list. I, man, I forgot how much I loved this draft class. I really I was a big Darrell Arthur guy too. Oh, Darrell Arthur, <laughs> George. Like this was a this was a it, we might be looking at the 2020 NBA draft and might be looking at this as at as in the same way we do the 2008 draft because there's a lot of legit role players on here and yeah and champions and guys who have been in deep playoff runs like as part of rotation as part of legit in the rotation for good playoff teams yeah omar ashik's in here mario chalmers (laughs) omar ashik oh my god bull's favorite but yeah like this is you know these are good man I think, I, he went, I think he was one of the poison pill like, contracts. That... It's so it's so funny, and, and we, so we keep talking about this, but it's like you just have it's like it's like when you're dating. It's just like it's like when you're dating, right? Like you just have a type. Like man, when I look at NBA prospects, I have a type, man. Like I just know, yeah. I know what I like. Hey, I I'm not like. gonna lie, man. Like, I I really do want to see what uh, Kaminga looks like on the. I don't think he's gonna crack the ring wing rotation this year. But he's huge. Like yeah. I didn't real like, like maybe like when he was with G League Ignite, there was a lot of like sized players like him, and I didn't appreciate how huge he was. But he is fucking ginormous for a wing. <laughs> he's a long boy. Like he is. He's a long huge. boy, and he has an NBA ready body already. Like, and you know who knows? Like if he's if he's confined to a role early. So, and then he he's allowed to work on his game off the court and stuff like that. Like if that you might keep be... the cum in a bucket. <laughs> okay, I'm not. That, that, I want to kill that nickname. I really do. I want to kill it with fire. I I feel I feel bad for the kid. Like that. Uh... I I am never going to address him that way, um, <laughs> ever. But um, just wait until he makes a merch. Oh my God, he's not good. Uh, he, there is no way he's. And I'm waiting. We were talking about dumbass media questions earlier. I'm just waiting for the one guy who's going to ask that question. I'm just waiting, and it's going to be what viral. Come bucket, right? Yeah, no. Like, what do you think of the nickname Come Bucket? And <laughs> what do you? And I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> I have a different reaction to that nickname than everybody else did. I felt bad for the guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yo, I, I don't want to be a turd. So I know. Good. I know it sounds like I'm being a turd. <laughs> in the punch bowl to everybody who thought that was funny but like i, I looked at it and i was like really guys <laughs> really but hey man it's like it's like we had uh we had sex love sex land sex land no, we sex we had sex land and we yeah. had sex love too oh yeah that i guess that would work also um, yeah but you know we should end this podcast right now now we're just now we're just now we're just going into places that i don't even know where we're at at this point but that's fair all right <laughs> thank you guys for watching thanks guys for listening and uh yeah you know we appreciate everyone we're obviously we've been taking breaks and and here and there and been busy but hopefully we'll get back to a regular schedule once the preseason starts and once we start getting more into training camp training camp once, starts uh, next month it's kind of crazy and once once ben simmons gets traded you know all that stuff oh once, yeah uh, that, that'll be the day hopefully then we can 
all six. We'll do an emergency can... pod. We'll do emergency podcast as soon as as soon as Ben Simmons gets traded. We'll talk about. We'll, we'll have Jordan going his rants. <laughs> and that's what this podcast needs is more rants from me. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna tell us why uh, why why CJ McCollum is good for the seventy six ers Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. He's going, to, he's going to tell us why why CJ McCollum and Yosef Yosef Nurkic are. I do fit. think CJ McCollum is getting underrated at this point, but I am not going to talk myself into CJ McCollum leading us to the promised land. <laughs> what if it's what if it's which McCollum and Nurkic for for Mr. Simmons? Oh God! Oh yeah, Doc will definitely he. I, I made this joke earlier, but Doc is salivating at the fact that he's gonna be able to run an Andre Drummond, Joel Embiid front court. He he's just <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. He's like, this is gonna work. <laughs> we got two elite rebounders, twin, twin two, towers, twin towers. We're going back to big ball. <laughs> I could just be I, get Doc Rivers out of here, man. And that's and that's how I'm gonna end this podcast. Get Doc Rivers out of here, man. <laughs> All right, hashtag fire Doc. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hashtag the B.O.B. <laughs>